What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Senor, a dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey, now, Monday, brand new week, pregnant with possibilities. We're under the tutelage of our general manager. Your Kansas City Chiefs, racist nickname against Native Americans. And San Francisco 49ers, racist nickname against old-timey gold miners. (laughs) Facing off in the Super Bowl. Yes, it's cultural appropriation of old-timey gold miners. That's what it is. What about their rights? Hey now, how you doing? Well, that's some good football yesterday. That was some oh good my games. gosh! Woo! Edge of the seat stuff, huh? Yeah, all day long. That was really great. Uh, and then you wait two weeks, and then they play the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. That is correct, sir. Uh, one of my best friends, huge Chief fan, we have begun preliminary discussions that I suspect will go nowhere about attending the game. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been to a Super Bowl, but I've, it's never struck me as like as a sporting event, like if you're just into a game, being where I want to be. But yeah. If I, I want the I spectacle almost... of the parties and the celebrities and all that sort of stuff, I get that. Right, yeah, if Seattle was taken on Tampa Bay or something like that, which is unlikely, come to think of it, uh, since they're both in the <laughs> NFC. Um, uh, you know, a, a matchup like that, I could just go and absorb it and walk around and kind of dig it in the pageantry and not care about the game. Right, but it's not going to be like the scene I was in at Levi's Stadium a week ago. No. No. Um, so... Uh, the big news story of the day, to me, even though it is not getting the attention I feel like it deserves, is we got attacked again for the 160th time by Iran. And uh, now, as we were predicting, and everybody knew what happened for some time, we have deaths. We have, we have dead soldiers coming back because our government is, there were, we're a bunch of pussies. That's what it is. Well, they did issue some strong rhetoric and a few carefully targeted strikes. As we were saying, it's going to escalate till we have dead people. And And then then there will come some sort of strong response. Right. Well, those young people will still be dead. It remains to be seen if there'll be a a strong response. And I I always 
you know, want to really resist being right-wing talk radio guy who wants to bomb everything because it's easy to say and it costs you nothing. Right. Uh, but how have we not attacked Iran already since yesterday morning? How is it? Well, we got to come up with a plan. How did you not have a plan already? They've attacked us 160 times over three months. How do you not already have the plans ready to go so you could attack it like a moment's notice? Well, we're you gonna? I don't talk. Oh, and that whole language. Those are excuses. Of, Absolutely excuses. Those plans exist. Are. Of course they do. They, of course, yeah. the, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff was interviewed by Martha Raddatz over the weekend. This was before this attack, where we had three dead, thirty injured, many very seriously. He was interviewed by Martha Raddatz, and she said, "Your critics would say that the response in, to Iran has been too weak, and that we need to hit Iran directly." And he said, well, "What do those people want? A war with Iran?" That was the response from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, like a childish, well, what do those people want? A war with Iran's what we've got. That's what, what you have. They, you cannot fight back if a guy's punching you in the face, but you're in a fight. You can claim you're not in a fight, but you're in a fight as your face gets bloodier and bloodier. And wow. I just thought that was such a child, weak on one hand and childish, like, petulant on the other. Well, what do those people want? A war with Iran? God, top to bottom, that decision-making team is just em- embarrassing and getting people killed now, which we knew was going to happen. We've been talking about this for two months. Um, I remember reading it in the Wall Street Journal and being horrified. They had the exact same sort of drone full of bombs hit a barracks in Iraq, and it got stuck in the roof, and for some reason the bomb didn't go off. And that was the only reason that we didn't have a whole bunch of dead soldiers that day. And you let that go. It's like, I'll bet we'll get lucky like that all the time or something. I don't even know what their thinking was. It's so maddening. I mean, people are dead and very wounded because of this. It's just, ah, it's sickening. We we have a gutless old man who is the president. He has no particular beliefs. He He was, according to Robert Gates, worked for presidents of both denominations. Widely, universally respected. Joe Biden has been wrong about every foreign policy matter for the last 50 years. That's the guy in charge. Oh, and so the, the, and we'll play the clip later of Joe Biden's whispery old man response yesterday. And he used a phrase that I don't want to hear out of him. It's a cool sounding tough phrase if you mean it, but that whole, we'll respond at a place and a time of our choosing. That doesn't have any teeth anymore. That doesn't sound cool and tough, and we're so big and tough, we'll wait and we'll do what we want when we want it, is fine if you actually mean it, but you don't, and you haven't for three months now. And so that's just, oh, my God, what a bunch of pussies. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, it's angering. It's disappointing. It's scary. And I'm glad that the senile old fart has only a few months left in his administration. I don't know how much more we could take. I certainly hope that, God help us, he's not the candidate and he's not reelected. We're talking to Mike Lyons later, and, you know, he's got the experience to actually back up the things he says. But he said 150 attacks ago, I think, um, that he says, I don't know how I'd encourage young people to go into the military now if our commander in chief is not going to protect them. Right. And he also said, he tweeted out yesterday they're already scrambling in Iran, getting people out of their bases, moving their equipment. If we're going to hit them, we got to do it fast. And again, how do we not have the plans ready to go already when they've been attacking us for three months? 
Like you said, it's an excuse to not have to act. I can't imagine where this is going to go. I don't, I'm not confident we're going to hit back hard, are you? No, not completely. I think this is so obvious a case. Oh, yeah, clearly. But this is so obvious a case. Even the weak, weak Joe Biden will respond somehow, whether it will be appropriately uh, disproportionately harsh and horrifying for our adversaries. I doubt that. Yeah, it needs to be a disproportionate, holy crap, scared to death. Let's not ever do that again response, which is what we should have done from the beginning. Oh, it's just so maddening. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm glad you're ranting and raving. If I start, I will go nuts. It makes me so angry to display the sort of weakness over and over again that invites aggression, which invites dead young people. Strength, disproportionate, they're crazy. Strength discourages aggression, as long as it's used in a reasonable way against reasonable people. But, you know, I, I, I hear you yelling at the radio. Trump would have gone nuts way, way a, a long time ago. And, well, and practically anybody but Joe Biden. 160 attacks by known proxies of Iran, financed and armed by Iran, advised by Iran. Well, if I can quote the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, what do you want, a war with Iran? God, that, that answer, you're quite right, just defies any explanation. That's horrible. That's that that lack of dignity and preparedness and restraint is shocking. Even if that's your policy, what kind of a leadership is that response? And my my brother, who is in a whole bunch of different military bases around the Middle East during all the uh, the various wars when he was in the service. God, I'd be horrified if he had been over there over the last several months since they're just attacking us everywhere. This one was in Jordan. Who even knew we had a base in Jordan? That's horrifying. Uh, Let's start the show officially. I look forward to talking to Mike Lyons later and maybe some other people. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Monday, January 29th, the year 2024. Life will not be a born 24. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin officially then, according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark. What is your message to Hezbollah and its backer, Iran? Don't. Don't. Don't do it. That was the president, that was the vice president, and that was the secretary of state. Ask on three different occasions, what have you told Iran? Don't. You, you idiots. That, that you think that that works. You're tough. Don't. And that clip of the president we've played a bunch of times from a week or so ago. He says, all right, talk to Iran. They know not to do anything. <sighs> I don't know. You know, sports analogies are always so good. That's the reason we like sports, right? So not hardly even a metaphor for war. It's practically just war with your 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 town. Um, but uh, I've seen this happen many times with teams I like. They're really, really good for years, and then they're a shell of themselves. And you still expect the same results because of the uniform. And it takes a while, but pretty soon you figure out, okay, it's the same uniform, but they ain't tough anymore. Right. They ain't that right. good anymore. It takes a while to catch on. But your opponent catches on real fast. Oh, these this is these aren't the champs anymore. They're old. They're different people or whatever. We don't have to be scared of this team. Well, and they're 
entire being is probing for weakness, assessing weakness, then exploiting it. And I, uh, I've got to believe the evildoers of the world, our adversaries, are absolutely licking their chops and thinking about what else can we get done while this guy is still in the White House. Well, right. And, I would be. And that so, was my job. Yeah, my, my thinking on that was the Biden administration thinks that just because we show up in our you know championship uniforms, the other side cowers. Well, you gotta you gotta demonstrate your ability on the quarter of the field still. I would think 150 attacks in, they'd have figured that out. I already talked to Iran. They know not to do anything. Between that and the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, what do you want? A war with Iran? That's I don't even I don't even want to do with that. That's the commander in chief and the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Good God, we're in a spot. I'd say. Anyway, how does mailbag look? I'd, I'd call for the 25th Amendment, but then you got the moron who also in said, the Oval Office. Don't. My message is oh, don't. <laughs> you know, I almost made a really inappropriate Willie Brown joke right there. See, that would have been gratuitous. Part of me wishes I had. <laughs> that would have been gratuitous. I'm wrestling with my conscience even now. And not even relevant to the topic. And entertaining. No. And entertaining. But it would have been funny, Michael. <laughs> and entertaining. Trust me when I tell you, my friend. And entertaining. All right, we need to take a break. I, how was, I, you didn't tell me how uh, mailbag was. I asked you and you didn't say anything. I, I, what do you want? A different feature in its place? <laughs> okay, that's on the way. Text line 415-295-KFTC. What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. It's always football season, wherever you listen. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I thought Travis and Taylor were very cute after the game on the field. I thought it was a very loving, cute, two young people in love scene. I really did. What? What's the matter with you? What has become of you? <laughs> Who am I talking to? The fact that Taylor Swift's going to be at the Super Bowl. <laughs> The NFL is jumping up and down and screaming like, well, like Taylor Swift. Like I've said for a long time, I didn't think this would happen. All my Chiefs fans, friends, and family members thought Chiefs aren't going to the Super Bowl this year. But uh, they've been saying that the whole season. But anyway, I've been saying for a long time, the Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl. You have to make Taylor Swift the halftime show. The world will explode. (laughs) The Internet will not be able to handle it. I don't think she would do it. She's got to be watching her man, rooting on her man. She can't have has no time, you know, peeling on or off her skin tight costumes and getting ready to do her act, right. such as it is. Yes, Michael. What about this? A surprise halftime wedding <laughs> <laughs> involving a you know, player? If, if the Chiefs lose, some fans might say it was a distraction to get married during halftime. <laughs> wow. They- <laughs> 
Would you have the cons- consummation uh, yeah, there on stage a, as well, Michael? He, holy cow. I saw the video last week of that, more or less. But, so, well, um, uh, they'd, yeah, they'd have to quick run in the locker room, consummate the marriage, and then he comes back out, I guess, mid-third quarter. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Back in the day, they used to tell athletes, don't have sex within a few days of playing because you lose your strength in your legs or something like that. Yeah, I remember him saying that in high school. I'd say, yeah, not a problem. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Don't worry uh, about Mid-game, I think, is probably <laughs> inadvisable. Uh, but anyway, here's your uh, freedom-loving quote of the day, the great Samuel Adams. Among the natural lights, uh, rights, not lights, rights. Among the natural rights of the colonists are these. First, a right to life. Secondly, to liberty, and thirdly, to property, together with the right to defend them in the best manner they can. People often forget the pursuit of happiness is a reference not to being cheerful or having a good time. It means economic prosperity, your property rights. I thought it was a Life, party. liberty, Woo! and property. Happiness. Woo! No, sir. No. Here's your mailbag. Drop us a line. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, this is from uh, D.N. Bluke. Time to move on from you two California liberals, so see ya. Liberals? Oof. For liberals, what's a conservative look like in your world? That's just the typical, it was probably something we said, or uh, maybe I said about Trump. It's funny that uh, that draws the immediate, you're a liberal or a rhino or uh, called another name. Uh, your note is a little abs- a little thin on arguments there, friend, but uh, I wish you well. Bye-bye. Moving along. Bye-bye. Mike writes, uh, may I have permission to quote your truism about Trump? As usual, Trump is tough to take, and his detractors are full of crap. Yep. That is he says, true. this little gem deserves wide distribution. 90, $90 million for saying something mean about that woman? $90 million? Uh, yeah, seems a little excessive to me, but the idea was, well, this guy's super rich, so the the number has to be big enough to get his attention well, and make also, him stop doing that. It's also juries, and juries' understanding of money and rich people is, is wh- what has got us where we are. Uh, yes, and those uh, gigantic awards are often uh, reduced substantially down the line, yeah. Yeah, it sure looks like a witch hunt, all, all put together. Especially the timing. Oh, yeah, absolutely true. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm reading some of the comments from various detractors of Joe Biden's deterrence on Iran. And, man, there's some strong things being said, and appropriately so. And the border legislation dispute. Really interesting topic. We'll talk about that as well. Cool. Armstrong and Getty. What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. It's always football season, wherever you listen. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
Republican-led House Homeland Security Committee releasing articles of impeachment against Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, teeing up the first impeachment of a cabinet secretary in nearly 150 years. The committee accusing Mayorkas of violating his oath of office by willfully and systemically refusing to comply with federal immigration laws and enact widespread detention of migrants. In a statement, the Department of Homeland Security calling the impeachment a political stunt and evidence-free, adding the standard set by Republicans would mean, quote, Congress should have impeached every DHS secretary since the department was founded. Uh, it's definitely not evidence-free. It is, uh, might be a political stunt. It's certainly going nowhere because you need two-thirds of the Senate to boot the guy out, and that'll never happen. But uh, that's an interesting little show to watch. Yeah, the idea that uh, just a complete absence of doing your job is not a reason to impeach somebody. It's got to be, according to the WAPO, a high crime or misdemeanor. Not so. The border is secure. We're going to talk to our regular military analyst, Mike Lyons, to kick off hour two about the attack on our troops. Killed a bunch of guys and hurt a whole bunch of guys. Uh, yesterday, if you weren't following the news, it was inevitable. We all knew this was going to happen, and it happened. And the Biden administration waited until it happened, and the blood is on their hands. And I rarely say things like that, but they are absolutely responsible for those deaths. Yeah, don't get me started. Uh, so we will absolutely talk about that. Hour two, <clears throat> uh, back to the, the border situation. Uh, I've uh, taken the time since... Yesterday's or last week's announcement and response by Trump about this uh, border legislation, this grand compromise whereby we'll quote unquote fund the border in return for funding Ukraine's fight against Russia and somehow or other Israel's mixed up in it too of funding Israel. And I get it. That's the way the sausage is made in D.C. Uh, but specifically the border part, the more I think about it and the more uh, I read about it, it's clear that this is a, a uh, undersized loincloth for the Biden administration to cover their shameful culpability on the border. An undersized loincloth. Yeah, I mean, it barely, barely covers the junk in question, if you will. Wow. I might extend a metaphor that probably shouldn't have been born. Um, <laughs> probably not. Uh, but uh, a couple of things, a couple of pieces of evidence. Uh, uh, again, that word is... Uh, Whenever I talk about Joe Biden, I'm, I'm inspired to speak like him. Uh, so Bill Malugin is reporting that according to CBP sources, there were 6,600 migrant encounters at the border. Uh, it's now the day before yesterday. Hypothetically, if this Senate deal was law right now, the border would see a mandatory shutdown triggered by the 5,000 threshold as if 4,900 is okay. 4,988 is okay. But 5,000, oh, please. Anyway, and Border Patrol would be required to immediately remove any illegal immigrants they apprehend. No processing, no asylum requests. Doesn't matter if they're on U.S. soil. They're being removed mandatorily. This would not stop until two weeks of average encounters below an average of 3,750 per day. And regardless of the threshold, all single adults would be mandatorily detained. Um so, okay, so that's one of the provisions of the, the quote-unquote law. But a little perspective. January 20th, 2021, was the first day of the Biden administration. They immediately defunded the border wall, withdrew the emergency declaration on the border, they paused the deportation of illegals, and they terminated the Remain in Mexico policy. Now, some of this they backtracked on a little bit, but 
opening the border. But even if they did, that was sent one the of message. their top priorities. Yeah, that uh, even if they did uh, go back on some of those things because they realized, whoa, um, uh, that was the big hey, we're open. That started all this, you know, the rush. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. The the word went out. Hey, it's easy to get in now. Go ahead. Bring you you know what, cartels? If you want to bring, I don't know, a million people a year, go ahead. The US is letting them in. I feel like the Biden administration's being pretty successful with the help of mainstream media in getting the uh, the argument out there. Look, the Republicans are entrenched on this also. It's been a problem for years through many administrations, so finally we need to do something. I think they're being pretty successful in that messaging. Well, yeah, the what other you just said the other half of that message is we need the the funding. It's a matter of funding. Right. Congress uh, got to right. give us the funding. Yeah, the quote unquote new funding wasn't there when Trump was around, and it seemed to be working pretty well. Uh, let's see. We got this great note from uh, JT. Who uh, you should see these these emails he sends. They're carefully arranged. I mean, it's like beautifully. It's like uh, an outline. What do you call it? An outline? Is that what it is back when you use the Roman numeral? Yeah, and then, right. uh, um, So it's just beautifully laid out and researched. has links and everything. Uh, JT, we truly appreciate it. But among his points, let's see, that I haven't already worn out. Uh, legislation is not needed. We already have tons of laws on the books that aren't being enforced. Uh, Biden inherited a secure border, chose to blew it up. As we said, uh, new legislation would muddy the waters about impeaching Biden in Mayorkas. Um, yes, I don't think that's going to happen anyway, but as he puts it, to create new legislation that gives the patina of fixing what has been abused for three years is to undermine the legitimate effort to hold the Biden team accountable. Um, Trump Republicans don't trust big spending McConnell to make a good deal, and he goes down the, uh, the list of reasons why, um, and this is my favorite sentence. When I picture, uh, when I think about the this-town politicians, that's Mark Leibovich's brilliant book about how it's a duopoly and all these people pretend to fight like cats and dogs, but they're all getting rich and shake hands behind the scenes. Uh, he says, when I picture that sort of politician, I picture the Clintons, I picture the heads of the FBI, Comey, Ray, et al., and I picture Mitch McConnell, swamp creatures living in their this-town bubble who don't care about America as much as they care about themselves. And he points out this legisl- legislation stinks anyway. It's written in secret quickly. Uh, there are only some aspects of it that have been fully disclosed. It's full of weasel words, and and it depends on people who can't be depended upon. Well, according to Mark Halpern, it's not going anywhere. The almost certain pending collapse of this immigration deal, so mm-hmm. which is not good, of course, to not have anything happen. Because we're setting records month after month. Yeah, you know, what Trump said last week, and I wish I had the specific quote in front of me, I don't, um, that we don't want to cut a deal, uh, blame it on me, go ahead, that we shouldn't have a deal. Um, I, I remember I said that was bad politics saying that out loud because the media can now hang it around his neck. And he should have been more disciplined about it. Um, and I, I don't, I haven't changed my mind on that. Uh, but... I also am really starting to think he's right. Don't 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 give him this phony, unnecessary, quote unquote, funding deal. Wow. So uh, again, we got a lot more on the attack on our base coming up. I also somebody texted, "Have you taken your kids to see the new Godzilla movie?" I have. I took both oh. my boys 
to see the the art movie Godzilla minus one. It is an art movie. It is like watching Seven Samurai or Ooh. Das Boot. I mean, it's closer to that than it is to you know your usual Godzilla King Kong movie, which was uh, uh, my youngest did not dig it. My uh, eighth grade, I was eighth grader. I was very happy. Really enjoyed it. I thought it was amazing. It was really quite quite the movie. I'll have to talk about it later. It's just it's just it's it's quite stunning. But it is an art movie. It is very emotional. It is very slow at various points. It is dead silent in the theater for much of the movie, with acting going on all in black and white. And it's wow. uh, yeah, but it's a Godzilla movie. I wouldn't think a giant lizard ripping people's heads off would lend itself to that approach, but uh, I'm not an artiste. You wouldn't think, but that's what's so amazing about it. Anywho. Um, I oh, wait a minute now. Now I'm inspired because I haven't written a screenplay for years and years, but now I'm inspired. I got to think, how about like, uh, I don't know, some sort of, well, let's see, an art movie about a bear attack's already been done, uh, the, the, the Leo DiCaprio. Maybe you uh, do a black and white cartoon pig that's about man's inhumanity to man. That's a pretty good idea. Yeah, something like that. Um, Peppa the existential pig no, and kind I, of and, approach. And I yelled at some loud people, which my kids just thought was fantastic. In the theater. <laughs> In the theater, yes. Nice. <laughs> the social compact. Oh. If we won't stand up for it, who will? Oh, my God. Yeah, I do have to talk about that. So when we got Katie's headlines on the way, stay here. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Let's get into season four, episode three, Facade. People get picked on. I got picked on. But Scabby Abby, Scabby, the whole school yeah, just I hurt see. me. I felt like it wasn't real. If I may, I want to defend the storytellers. The people who created the show wanted you to feel like these people were the worst people ever. They pretty much said the whole school of Smallville High are bad people. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I mentioned the Chiefs a lot. I've been a Chiefs fan for 45 years, but I did go to the 49ers game last weekend, and that's where I, the closest team to me, and uh, and root for the how Brock Purdy. What a great story! Well, how likable is that guy? I mean, and amazing yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah, and the, the number one draft pick. Against the last draft pick, different years, but that's a kind of fun storyline. Yeah. Of course, the number one guy is playing for a clear underdog, so that kind of clouded that uh, dynamic. <laughs> right. If you're a woke college kid and you always root for the less powerful, you know, Brock, underdog. Brock huh? Purdy also looks like he's 16. He's standing there on the sideline. Is that a child? Who let their child on the sideline? Oh, that's the quarterback. Um, I never can remember what we call this. Katie, Katie, the news lady. Uh, no, I was going to say, you know who's not rooting for the Fort or is not 49ers fans? The city of Santa Clara. They're in a bitter dispute. Bitter with the, the 49ers. Can tell a, you about that a, later. It was the first time I'd ever been to Levi's Stadium. It's so far from San Francisco. <laughs> it's oh, a yeah. long way from the city of San Francisco. Yeah, but it was inspired by the city of Santa uh, Yeah, it's kind of farcical to call them the San Francisco 49ers anymore. It might as well be the San Jose 49ers. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, here's the lead story with Katie Green. 
From the Associated Press, document spells out allegations against 12 U.N. employees Israel says participated in Hamas attack. Yeah, and so the uh, head of the U.N. is saying it's tragic that at this time countries have decided to not back the organization that is feeding the poor Palestinians. Yeah, that organization, they not only are like Hamas uh, supportive, they participated in the massacre. Right. And the late, latest estimates, are at least 10% of that organization are avowed members of terrorist groups. And and the guitarist says, you got to keep funding it. No, I don't think we do. Wow, what a story. From USA Today, Iran denies involvement in attack that killed three U.S. soldiers. From me, shut up. Yeah, and they... <laughs> I'm uh, reporting, shut up. And their spin was, hey, these are just people that are angry about uh, Israel's attacks on Gaza. And if you uh, stop that, these will stop. Screw you. Why haven't we attacked Iran already? More coming up. In hour two with Mike Lyons. From NBC News, Jackie Robinson's statue stolen from a Kansas park after sculpture cut off at ankles. Got a lot of attention over the weekend. I think it's because of the visual of the feet of the statue just sitting I there. I think so, too. It's quite astounding. What do you reckon that is? Is that uh, just hooligans? I mean, it's not like you can sell it or anything. Right. From ABC what, are you going to display it at home like in a, a shallow pool of water so you can't tell it's footless? You can do I call people... it Jackie Robinson standing in a lake. <laughs> you can do what people are doing with skeletons uh, around their house decorations. Just put a hat on it yeah. for Christmas. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. De- yeah. Decorate it. Mm-hmm. Lawn Not ornament. Cool. From ABC News, activists splatter Mona Lisa with soup in Paris. Only to find out it's behind bulletproof glass, so they didn't do anything. I heard this story yesterday, and I thought, this is part of the thing that we're talking about all the time, just the the breakdown of civilization. One of the great works of art in the history of the planet, and we're allowing these numbnuts to do this repeatedly. And it's a waste of soup. (laughs) From the Wall Street Journal, U.S. oil drillers are going electric and hitting speed bumps. You don't know this. They're saying that the frackers can't connect to the electric grid fast enough in order to produce the uh, what they need. Oh, okay. So Bunch going of electric. frackers. <laughs> From Fox News, electric and buses. Anywhere you look, you got soup, chuckers, and frackers. What kind of world is this? Huh? <laughs> From Fox News, electric buses are sitting unused in cities across the United States. Uh-huh. I have, to, oh, I have to read up on that. We'll have more on that later. That's a good story. From the Daily Mail, Taylor Swift to CBS appears to say, go away, please, after cameraman lingers on her for too long during the Chiefs-Ravens game. Yeah, I don't blame her. Uh, yeah, that shot was so unnecessarily long. It's the director's fault, not the cameraman. Well, but, or Taylor yeah. Swift. For anybody who's like, I'm so sick of her, she's not choosing to tell the people in the booth how often to, to go to her jumping up and down in the stands, all right? That's not her decision. And finally, the Babylon Bee. New York City Hall replaces Thomas Jefferson's statue with golden statue of Lizzo. <laughs> wow. <laughs> First of all, it's going to be a lot of bronze. I mean, I don't know what your budget is, but... Your bronze budget. Yeah. Uh, the whole removing of statues uh, and just uh, I, I'm hoping that idiocy has peaked. I, I doubt it, 
but I hope it is. I've got all sorts of information about how the, we're just at uh, perhaps the end of the beginning, as uh, Winston Churchill put it, of this fight against the insanity on college campuses. Yeah, that's still raging. More people became aware of it, but that doctrine is still, I mean, that's the doctrine at most of our major universities and colleges. Oh, and high schools and elementary schools as well. So we will fight on. So we got uh, Mike Lyons coming up to kick off Hour 2 talking about the attacks on our, uh, more attacks. There have been over 160 attacks on our troops, but this one, the deadliest, three dead, 30 injured, many really badly. Here's a quote from Tom Cotton, a U.S. senator. This is stronger language than you usually hear out of a U.S. senator. The only answer to these attacks must be devastating military retaliation against Iran's terrorist forces. Anything less will confirm Joe Biden as a coward. Wow. That's strong language about uh, a military guy referring to the commander-in-chief as a coward is not something you normally see. I uh, think he's exactly right, though. The only thing I can think of that would be an excuse for the lack of any sort of manful response from the Biden administration, which I believe to be just utterly a horror, the only excuse I can think of is that they have some sort of intelligence that there's serious weakness within the the, the regime, which is, you know, several different like poles of power in Iran, and that the Republican Guard, for instance, is just just anxious, just dying to have a war with the U.S. to prop itself up. That's the only explanation I can come up with for their incredible, apparently gutless lack of reaction to all these attacks. And, and I haven't heard anything like that. I'm not saying that that's one theory that's out there. I just That's the only thing I can come up with. Just abject cowardice and a horrible lack of leadership or that scenario I spun out. One thing I'd like to know but I haven't looked into yet because uh, uh, often the Pentagon or the White House, you know, they have information for a while before it's released. For instance, um, uh, we weren't told about Sec Def Lloyd Austin. And by the way, where's he on this? Um, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin's, uh, you know, surgery for, for days and days and days, even though the White House knew about it, it didn't come out in the news for a while. Um when did they know about this attack? Because it wasn't on the Sunday morning shows. It happened late enough that it didn't wasn't a story on any of the Sunday morning shows. Meet the Press, mm-hmm. Face the Nation, ABC This Week. And I would like to know if they if they managed to keep that out of that news cycle. And then one more quick note from me. Uh, after I spun out that scenario, uh, I imagined it. You could absolutely make the argument, well, nonetheless, you've got to hit them hard. Right. Well, and they have to now. I'll be interested to see what Mike Lines has to say in hour two. If you miss it, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand. Armstrong and Getty. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.